to oldest to youngest i'm natalie the oldest i'm thomas the youngest we are curious catholics who like to converse and explore topics from a catholic point of view we come up with questions conduct some research and then discuss the information uh, we hope you enjoy uh, our banter and learn something along with us thanks for listening thanks all right so today we are talking about saints mm-hmm going to be interesting conversation i think yeah so you have some great questions um but first do you want to start off with your trivia question yes i have a trivia question today a millennial uh, a millennial was (laughs) (laughs) i don't know where else i was going with that a millennial was beatified Hmm. Uh, he died in 2006 at the age of 15 uh in italy don't tell us too much. Yeah, those <laughs> are your Google those are your quotes. <laughs> those are your those hints. Are hints. Um, but who was the name of that now? Uh, blessed. Uh, so, and it goes plays in today on our topic because we're going to talk about the canonization process, mm, okay. um, the difference between like venerable, blessed, and saint and what it means to be a saint and different saints that are mean a lot to us so all right as we always do uh we go to the catechism yeah so um you know the catechism um is the first place we look (laughs) when we're looking for at things Mm -hmm. so one of the uh parts you know and you look up in the reference the um appendix of the catechism it says saints and then it refers you to holiness okay there actually isn't any appendix entry under saints it says go to holiness so um under christian holiness um the quote that i thought was good and kind of maybe um will be helpful in us talking about saints and defining saints yep is all Christians in any state or walk of life are called to the fullness of Christian life and to the perfection of charity. All are called to holiness. Be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And then it goes on to talk about like God gives us each gifts Mm -hmm. to use for the glory of God Um, and how our gifts show that um, our holiness basically shows and reaffirms God's existence and mm-hmm. the church's legitimacy. Yeah. Um, and so the other section in the catechism that talks about saints is um, the section on the Holy Spirit. Okay. And how it uses the witnesses of saints um, to um, show his movement in the world and, mm-hmm. and in the church. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I think the other thing in the catechism that I really wanted to touch on and i actually really liked um uh it's under guides for prayer article three so it talks about um praying to saints Mm -hmm. and um asking their intercession so it talks about the cloud of witnesses yeah which are um all in heaven so i'll just read uh section 2683 because i thought it was really powerful The witnesses who have preceded us into the kingdom, especially those whom the church recognizes as saints, share in the living tradition of prayer by the example of their lives, the transmission of their writings, and their prayer today. They contemplate God, praise him, and constantly care for those whom they have left on earth. 
When they entered into the joy of their master, they were put in charge of many things. Their intercession is their most exalted service to God's plan. We can and should ask them to intercede for us and for the whole world. Mm. So it's those people who have gone before us, we can ask them for their intercession because, you know, when I think one of the questions that like my grandpa and I have often talked about is when you're in heaven, will you think about the people on earth? Yeah. Well, this is our answer. Yes, obviously. Yeah. Because we are saints. Yeah. Once we get to heaven. Yeah. And yes, we can absolutely intercede for people here on earth. So we should pray to them and ask them for things. And that's kind of the definition of a saint is someone who is in heaven. Made it to heaven. Right. Like that's simple as that, you know. You're not a saint until you're in heaven. Thomas, actually my first question that Mm. I kind of thought of is, I don't know, I guess. Wow, so it's amazing all the things that you learn on this oh, daily yeah. basis. Yeah, but I don't. I was I was shocked a conversation with Christopher, my husband, the other day, mm. and he he said, "Yeah, there there are saints who've probably gone to purgatory." I was like, "No, there's not. Mm. There's saints are the people who go right to heaven." And Christopher was like, "No, no, no. Yeah, like saints are everybody who is in heaven." doesn't mean to say that some of them could have gone to purgatory. And I, my mind was blown and I actually did some research on it. Just goes to show you, sometimes you just don't pay attention. So what was your answer that you Uh, you found? Yeah, they can. They can? Yeah. Yeah. I I think I maybe thought that too, is like, oh, if you're, uh, if you're, if you're declared as a saint, it means you went straight to heaven, you bypassed purgatory. uh, Purgatory. Mm. Um, but that's kind of like underplaying purgatory, yeah. I feel, because purgatory is more to like, um, what was that quote you actually just talked about today about how people in purgatory, like all they can feel is their separation the from God. The absence of the God. The absence of God, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so in a, in a sense, it's almost like, it almost kind of sounds like little bit of like hell you know yeah it is but more of like a purifying on like how much purifying torment we realize we need god right Mm -hmm. and um how even the saints we have all this like kind of like um brokenness to us that cannot be fixed until god is and you know our whole (laughs) and you know and it's so funny because that actually made me a lot happier mm. in a weird way mm-hmm. because I think like we'll talk a little I think we should talk a little bit about our perception of sainthood yeah. and saints but for me it was like there are these people who maybe maybe at the first didn't have like make the best choices or maybe throughout right. their whole lives didn't make the best choices but they clearly did enough on earth to earn heaven, yeah. right? Immediately. Yeah. Boom. They Looks died. Straight. They go to straight to heaven. Yeah. And I'm certain that there is a lot of saints who yeah. have gone that way. Yeah. But um, I think, like, for me, I always thought, like, sometimes I, like, despaired. Like, mm. you know, I've done things in my life that I'm like, oh, well, jeepers. Guess I'm not going straight to heaven. I'll right. probably never be a saint, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely be spending some time in purgatory, but it made me feel like, 
oh, I can be a saint. Yeah. And actually, like according to the catechism, we're supposed to be saints. We're yeah. called to be saints. That's that's our goal. That's our end goal yes. is to be a saint. I Whether think... we go to purgatory or not. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I think too is like um, purgatory is kind of that like last step to perfection, right? Yeah. And like we always say perfection is like impossible here on earth. Mm-hmm. So like if I feel like more saints have actually gone to purgatory than we probably realize because yeah. they need that last step to perfection right. before they get into heaven. Um, so I feel like almost fewer saints actually just went straight to heaven you know and and yeah i i like that what you said thomas like perfection is not possible here on earth so to think that we can attain it here on earth is vanity right like exactly we can definitely that doesn't go to say is like the saints they strived for perfection Right. right so we can strive for perfection but not to expect to get it here in heaven or here on this side of heaven right um yet right Mm. um so what else did you have yeah so um i did some research on the canonization process Mm, yes uh so before 1234 the church didn't have a formalized process oh wow which kind of caused some problems because it was more (laughs) like localized and like there was like a lot of local legends that were seen as like saints interesting um before that like any martyr was just basically considered a saint but then you're like all right so was this martyr like actually died for their faith and offered their life as a sacrifice so (laughs) i thought this was kind of funny a local church in sweden canonized like a drunk monk for being killed in a drunken brawl uh as like a martyr and that's not a great example to follow Mm. so that's interesting yeah so like Mm. the church was like okay we should probably get like a formalized process on like canonizing saints so pope gregory the ninth established um the first procedures and investigating uh the saints and the miracles um due to them Mm -hmm. Uh, and in 1588 uh, congregation for the causes of the saints began hmm. uh, and that's what uh does all the, the investigation okay um so the process today is a bishop of the local diocese will submit a cause hmm. for a saint so maybe there was this really holy person who had recently died and everyone was like kind of like talking about them and it was very clear that they lived like a holy life the local bishop would bring it up to um the congregation of the cause of the saints the congregation of the cause of the saints will investigate um their writings for mm-hmm. one because they, they want to make sure that they weren't like writing anything heretical yeah or like against teaching and any also miracles attributed to them hmm. um typically like five years at least go by um <clears throat> and they also like investigate were they a martyr did they die a holy death for his or her faith right and specifically for their faith it can't be like oh you accidentally died and then right you're a martyr because you you had faith but 
has to be specifically for right. your faith. Um, and then did they practice like charity towards neighbor, um, good works, things like that. Um, so once, uh, and this is interesting, once they've determined that that is all done, um, but they haven't decided on a miracle yet, uh, they'll be named venerable. But here's an interesting thing. Sometimes uh, someone who's a candidate who is venerated will only be venerated for a local city or parish. Oh. They won't be venerated by... The whole entire church. Yes. Um, which is interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's very interesting. So there could just kind of a local venerated right. venerated yeah. person. There's basically kind of saying like, okay, you can like pray to this person or like ask this person for intercession. Hmm. It's okay to like imitate his or her life, but like it's it's more secluded, right? Interesting. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure for the reasoning for that, um, but. That's just what I found. Um, this was on catholiceducation.org. Hmm. Um, and then, um, so, in order to be beatified, at least one miracle after the veneration needs to be attributed to them by their intercession. Uh, and then after that, if they're a martyr, they, they go straight to beatification. And then they need one more after beatification to become be declared a saint. Okay. Yeah. And I did have a quote um, that kind of talks about, um, like how the saint sainthood kind of is seen in the Catholic Church. Um, by the right of canonization, the supreme pontiff, by an act which is protected from error by the po- or by the Holy Spirit elevates a person to the universal veneration of the church. By canonization, the Pope does not make a person a saint. Rather, he declares that the person is with God and is an example of following Christ worthy of imitation by the faithful. Hmm. And that was Process of Beatification and Canonization by EWTN.com. And I thought that was pretty cool. It was like, okay... Just because the Pope says that they're a saint, um, it wasn't because that the Pope said that they're a saint. Is that there's, why they're a saint? There's <laughs> right? reasons, yeah. Yeah, it's like they verified. Right. And that's why, like... There's proof. We don't just say, oh, like, when someone's died and they've led a holy life, we're like, oh, they're a saint, they're you a know? Saint. Right. Like, you could be, maybe, maybe you're, you're like, we're not sure right. 100%. Well, this, we're sure 100% mm-hmm. by... Uh, infallibility by the Pope and the Holy Spirit. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That's very interesting. Yeah, I we had a couple people who asked for this information specifically, like for us to do a, a talk on that. So I think that yep. was really cool to hear about the process. And um, yeah, I didn't know. And I know that from following um, Venerable... Uh, Bishop Fulton J. Sheen's um, sort of process. The process can be halted at any point in time Mm. if questions about the uh, pursuit of it, the canonization, are called into question. Yeah. So, like, um, there was some doubts um, 
expressed about the integrity of his life Mm -hmm. um, and how he lived his life. So they kind of halted the process and it's been halted. He was on the uh, track to be blessed, beatified, but um, they halted the process. So it's sort of in Mm -hmm. a limbo for the present time until they're doing investigation. And I imagine, like, it would be who does the investigations? Do you know? Uh, the investigations? Yeah. Um, the Congregation of the Causes for Saints. Oh. It's um, actually... They like have... A... Yeah. They actually do the investigations oh, wow. themselves. Huh. And uh, maybe it's, like, a, I think it's, like, a, a group of, like, bishops. Hmm. Um, but also, there's, like... Um, there's, like... It, it did mention something about, like, the side for and the side against like some one bishop will play like kind of like the devil's advocate oh interesting and be like all right well what about this right and then the other group will we'll have be to like, approve approve that it's kind of like a judicial process yeah almost. it is you know and then they kind of like vote on it's like, like a court hearing yeah. <laughs> um that's fascinating and like they submit evidence too right um so huh. for example like that diocesan diocesan Tribunal decides that the diocesan, thank you. It's a hard word. Um, Tribunal decides that the subject demonstrated heroic virtues during their life, and after receiving the local bishop's ultimate approval, their determination is sent to the congregation along with all the documented evidence collected about the subject known as the acts. Uh, So I guess the local diocese investigates first, and then they'll send the acts after they compiled works and writings by this person and then they'll send it on and then the congregation will do more research and And i imagine that that's why there's probably not a whole lot of saints like yeah like like actually recognize saints because that's a lot of work yeah imagine and like it takes a long time too yeah right um and a lot of times too is like they need miracles and people won't pray to them and ask them for intercession until like right. years later. Right. Um, so I have actually an example of a saint that you really like, uh, Edith, Edith Stein, mm-hmm. um, also known as uh, Sister Teresa Benedicta of the Cross. Um, she was a Carmelite nun born in Germany, and um, she's baptized, received in the Catholic Church, originally a Jew, um, but um, she was taken into a concentration camp because of her Jewish heritage mm. and because she was Catholic too. Um, and she was gassed on August 9th, 1942. And Pope John Paul II beatified her, um, declaring her a martyr. Mm. Um, and then later, so the miracle that kind of got her to become a saint was um, a Melkite priest um, had a daughter who was like crippled by um, like a liver issue I think hmm. and he noticed a couple things his um, ordination date coincided with the death of Edith Stein oh interesting and mm-hmm. then um, he after like he researched her and everything they named her daughter uh, Teresa Benedicta. Oh, wow. They named her daughter. That's a beautiful name. Um, so, after invoking the intercession of um, Saint 
Teresa Benedicta, the little girl miraculously recovered. Wow. And in 1998, the Sacred Congregation for the Causes of the Saints, after careful examination, determined that the cure defied any natural explanation and must be attributed to divine intervention through St. Teresa Benedicta. Mm. And since she was already a martyr... Um, Saint Paul, jo- Saint John Paul II canonized her as a saint. So, wow, that's cool. Yeah, so that's kind of like a little example and like how that kind of went about. Very interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> um, that's cool. Um, I think a, a little bit of the you know some of the questions that I had was, um, why should we pray to the saints? And I think mm-hmm. that the catechism answers that pretty nicely. Um because they're in heaven and they yeah. have God's ear basically yeah <laughs> like, that is it's a good, like yeah. why don't you just you know go straight to the source it's like our connection with Mary right mm-hmm. it's we know it's we know she's God's mother yeah we know she's in heaven there's no doubt about that why would we not have a strong try to have a strong help, connection and you know? ask her for help right um yeah definitely um you had a really awesome quote by Padre Pio, I think. Oh, that's the story. Yeah, Matt Frad talked about it in his latest podcast about how God was walking heaven and um, he saw a lot of people that shouldn't be there. So Mm -hmm. he went to St. Peter and he said, Peter, why? why, I gave you the keys to the kingdom. Why Mm -hmm. are you letting all these people in? St. Peter said, okay, God, it won't happen again. No, 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 I promise. Yeah. So the next day, God goes out, looks over heaven, and sees people that are not supposed to be there. He goes to St. Peter and says, St. Peter, you let it happen again. I'm disappointed in you. St. Peter's like, oh, I'm so, so sorry. Not going to happen again. Third day, God goes out over heaven and looks around, and he sees again people that don't belong there. So he goes to St. Peter and said, Peter, really, I'm disappointed in you. This should not be happening. Peter mm-hmm. says, Jesus, look at God. I figured out what it was. It was... Um, Mary, at night, when everybody's asleep, she lets people in. <laughs> I, I just love that. Yeah, yeah, I guess Padre Matt Frad said Padre Pia told that story. Yeah. So uh, pretty humorous. And like, also, yeah. seriously, now why yeah. would you not have God's mother, mm, you know, Jesus' your mother on right. your side? Um, yeah. Just like the saints. Like, similarly, yeah. the saints, we know they're saints mm-hmm. because they're in heaven. Right. So why would we not intercede Ask for them? them for their intercession. And they hear us. They do because. Yeah. Well. I mean, we have. They're the cloud of the witnesses. To... It's the universal church in yeah. heaven, and in purgatory, right. and on earth. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yes, they do hear us in heaven. Yes, they do hear us in purgatory. Yeah. Our prayers do have effect, and so do the saints. Definitely, and we can pray for those in purgatory, right? Right. Um. Who are then released to go to heaven, right? And then they then can, can intercede, intercede for, for us. us. So, so why would you not would pray, you for, not the pray for, for souls in purgatory? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we should actually do an episode on purgatory. That would be, that would be really fun. Too. Um, yeah. Really oh, and then the other question I had was, uh, what role do they have in our lives? I mean, I think as Catholics, like they're great inspirations and role models. Yeah. Um, and I think that like. You know, we talked about in the fishbowl episode our favorite saints. Yeah. And we talked about how, you know, there's, you talked, I think about it, about how there's so many saints because if, you know, so we can find people to identify with. Like, 
you know, me as a married woman, I'm not necessarily going to feel as quite as connected or hold up like, how did this nun live her life? Because right. it has nothing to do with my, like her life is very right. different than mine. Uh, you know, St. Therese, I, Luzio, I like because of her little way. And I right. feel like that's quite applicable yeah. to a lot of our lay people's like any, lives. Yeah. Exactly. But a lot of the saints like are religious and mm. don't have similar lives to married right. people. Um, and they live very they have very different lives. So um, there are a lot of married saints. But like you Not also mentioned like St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. Right? Yeah, who and was how married she and got then... like so much done and like right. was such like um yeah she was married had a bunch of children yeah, yeah took care of her husband after he died she became yep. a nun and like saint joseph really resonates with me um because he's like not only like a married man but like he, he was like the model for being like a husband and father mm-hmm. um to the two most perfect people in the world. Right. That's two that, That's people. not pressure. Right. Joseph. You know? <laughs> so like his life was just like a pouring out of love. And I read a book about St. Joseph and I think it was called Truths About the Most Hidden of Saints. Yeah. He's not talked about a lot. Yeah. We don't really know a lot about we him. We don't know much about him, but the things that the Bible says, we can infer a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, which is why I really love this book. I highly recommend it. It really talks about like Saint Joseph and how he would have been, mm. um, and just how much of an advocate he can be for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't actually until like recently, like within like the past century, I think, that he was um, seen as he was called as the father of the church, mm. um, which is like wow, a big that's deal, a quite an right? Honor He's also patron saint thing. of peaceful deaths. Mm, yes. And departing souls. So because he had Jesus and Mary there yeah. when he died. Exactly. <laughs> well, right? that's what we the want. The happiest, right? <laughs> you know, the happiest death you probably that's have. That's probably what we want. Yeah. You know, well, that is what we want. Yep. Is to marry with us when we die. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we're big support and and friendship. Mm-hmm. I think you know. I think we can feel very connected to certain saints. Like in the fishbowl episode, we talked about our favorite saints and yep. like ones we felt pretty connected to and i think that changes too based on the period of our yeah. life you know um yeah one question that i we i know we didn't prep for but it mm. just kind of came to me and oh, i'm yeah. interested to hear what you think sharing the lives of the saints with kids mm. right how do you manage like particularly bloody or mm. violent ways of dying. Like, oh, yeah. You know, I have, I get the saint of the day in my email, um, more Catholic morning offering, and it talks about the saint of the day, whoever's, you know, the feast day. Mm-hmm. Um, and Christopher and I have this, you know, we talk about, okay, which way did the saint die? Yeah. Because there's a lot of martyrs who died in horrific, horrific ways. Horrific deaths, yeah. Um, and just horrible ways. So how do you talk? the kids about that without yeah. you know like because I feel like it's a very big part of sainthood yeah. like you don't have to be a martyr obviously and many saints are not yeah. martyrs but I think that's an interesting question um, I know like when I was a kid my mom our mom had a little book saint <laughs> of the day book yeah and I would read that and like 
a lot of times I was pretty young, but I would like read about like some saints being like fried, yeah, um, alive. Like that's scary, but also I think there's an element to it that children can understand, mm-hmm. right? And that's like a conviction, and I feel maybe children are a little bit more moved by that. Yeah. And that's, I think, honestly, a good thing, right? You don't want to, like, terrify, terrify them, them right. or, like, scar them for life, obviously. Right. So if you believe details, this, if you're a you know, Catholic, maybe, you will die this way. Right. You know? But, um, and I think it's, like, a, a point to make, like, not, you know, you don't have, like, this is kind of, like, how you should live your life mm-hmm. and be willing to do this if it comes down to it. But um, that isn't, not everyone's called to be a martyr. Right. Right. And yeah. God isn't going to call everyone to be a martyr. No. Um, or we are called to be martyrs and to our selfish, like our desires. Selfish desires, and, yes. And so in a way we're all martyrs. <laughs> all That's true. Martyrs yeah. Because they all not physical death, deny but like themselves a, in some way. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, recognize Jesus as, yeah. as the highest power. Yeah. Thanks for entertaining that question. That yeah, was, that was that a, no, that was an interesting question. Yeah, um, I yeah. Think, I, I think I on. think the uh, the other question, like the last question, I really had was, how should we not see the saints? Mm. Maybe, and we were talking a little bit this um, BTS before mm. the show was how I think we can tend to think um, that saints lived such a holy life mm-hmm. here on earth that that life is like unattainable right kind of and how they were perfect here on earth but we just said that a lot of saints go to purgatory uh, probably more than we think yeah because that is that last step of perfection we cannot reach perfection here on earth so only Mary. they weren't perfect <laughs> you know Mary and jesus and seeing them as perfect um with the exception of Mary Jesus, obviously, is kind of like not only injustice to yourself, yeah, because you're looking at it as your role model as like a, putting them on I a pedestal, pedestal, like, and they want you to be, no, you come up here. <laughs> you know, or like, it could be despairing or just yeah, discouraging. And then on top of that, it's like it does it injustice to them too. Mm-hmm. On like, no, they weren't perfect. They believed God would get them the rest of the way. Yeah. Right. They look to God and getting them as as close to being perfect as possible in this life. And then completing that perfection process once they went to purgatory and got to heaven. Actually, it's interesting because uh, Father Steve today, he talked about divine mercy Mm. and how there's great mercy, but mercy is also linked to justice. Yes, yeah. And justice demands repayment for crimes, right? And so if we think about God's mercy, like the mercy is that not, not like we're not going to hell. Right. Like because, <laughs> based on our actions in you know, life. Based on only our actions, we would heaven. all go to hell, right. right? Like none of us yeah. would be saved. It is only by God's mercy that we are, we do get to heaven. Right. Or even have the chance to get to purgatory so we can get <laughs> yeah, to heaven. Yeah, exactly. But, and because of that though, there's that justice part where right. we do have to pay back. And that's where purgatory comes in. God is like, okay, you have to be perfect to get into heaven, but you're obviously not perfect. Right. So let me 
you know, right. put you, you know, give you a little bit something to figure out how how much more you need to go, right? And, right. Um, Did you have more questions? No, I, I, I didn't. Okay. No. So the, I think the last one that I think we should maybe end on is how do we become a saint? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a tough question. Yeah, I was like, that's because, a stumper. <laughs> you know, I... It is and it isn't. Right. Like, like specifically? Yeah. I mean, like, how do you become a saint? You become a saint by, like, and I think you kind of touched on it, denying yourself and giving yourself completely to God. Right. Right. Um, because he is the only one that will... And I think this, um, I'd perfect. like to direct us back to the catechism too. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, in, um, in, uh, the section I mentioned earlier on Christian holiness, it's also said in order to reach this perfection, the faithful should use the strength dealt out to them by God's gift, by mm-hmm. Christ's gift. So that doing the will of the father in everything, they may wholeheartedly devote themselves to the glory of God and to the service of their neighbor. Yeah. So like by Christ's death, he died for us. We have the ability to be a saint. That yep. is our that is his gift to us. And so freely given, but we choose whether or not we accept it and to mm-hmm. use the gifts that he has given us to devote our lives in the, those gifts to the glory of God yep. and to our neighbor, which in a way, devoting ourselves to our neighbor is devoting ourselves to God. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think the catechism tells us exactly how to be a saint. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's really, I think that's a great um, thought to close on. Yeah. yeah. All right, we should need to answer... Oh, yes. The, so, yes. the trivia who, question. Who was beatified today? Okay. You already know the... I do. Yeah, yeah that's told because you. we talked about it before the um, show. But, so... Actually, our answer, sister showed us this. Thing yes. Um, our sister, were. Madeline, um, sent us this article. So, today, Carlo Acutis was beatified in the CC... Um, and so, he was Italian. Italy. Yes. Yep. Um, and he died in Monza, Italy, 15 years old. Um, apparently he loved soccer, video games, and has a sweet tooth. Um, <laughs> Sounds and, like a pretty normal person to me. Yeah, and but he lived um, the ordinary in an extraordinary way mm. um, by just giving himself in all that he did and um, striving to be the best version of himself every day. Um, something interesting that he did was when he was gifted a diary, he decided to use it to track his progress. Good marks if he behaved well, bad marks if he <laughs> be- like disappointed in his expectations, yeah. right? I like that um, a lot. Like, and he was a... requires a really good examination of conscience, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he did, like, computer programming and stuff and, like, really liked that as well. So he was, like, really savvy with, like, internet, which is, like, a really awesome example for today's age Teens, where, yeah. Um, yeah you know how the good and the bad of like technology and how to balance that um, yeah so carlo really acutis cool. check him out um please intercede for us yes. down here below <laughs> especially during now that we're 
we're all using Zoom meetings. And technology. Yeah. <laughs> Pray that we don't get all get cancer <laughs> from all the radiation uh, yeah. from our screens. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, thank you. God bless you for listening. Yep. God thank bless. you for continuing to listen to us. Okay. Uh, go strive, be a saint. Yes. God bless.